Let's go to James chapter 3. Let's all stand together. In James chapter 3, and if you're being baptized, if you can move at this time to Dana and um, check in with her so she knows you're here and she'll give you further instructions on where to go from here. We're in a series concluding called Taming the Tongue, which is such an appropriate series on the week of Thanksgiving. Because as we spend time with family this week, we are going to tame the tongue in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen for that? All right. But this is what the Bible says about taming the tongue and why we need the help of God. James chapter 3, starting with verse 8. No man can tame the tongue. That's why we need supernatural help, right? It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. We bless our Lord and Father with it, and we curse men who are made in God's likeness with it. Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. My brothers, these things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives? My brothers are a grapevine produce figs. Neither can salt water spring yield fresh water. Let's pray. God, as we learned last week about the negative power of cursing, Lord, I pray that you would release today, God, the positive power of blessing verbally, God, so that as you have blessed us, let our mouths be filled with blessing. We ask this in the name of Jesus We pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. As you're seated, you'll notice that we have these Advent um, invitation pieces. And please, don't just take the one in your chair near you. Take a stack as you leave. Feel free to let your friends, neighbors, your places of business know that the Church of Indian Lake is available during this Advent season that starts next week. So this is a tool for you to invite people uh, to discover Jesus through this church body. In 1987, I was in sixth grade, awkward little sixth grade kid, moving from elementary school to junior high. I went to a rather large church, and that fall they hired a new junior high pastor. This guy was 19 years old. He was in Bible college. He was cool. He was friendly. Uh, He was full of energy. His His name is John McKenzie. I met him that year, and I went to kind of one of those churches that was a prestigious church in town where, you know, lots of people went for various reasons, but there was the in crowd, the out crowd, and I I was never quite in the in crowd, especially because I was in sixth grade, and so um, that's just hard anyway, but also just within that sixth grade unit, I wasn't always in the in crowd, Uh, but in that Sunday school class, When Pastor John started teaching, I really connected with him. And he began to tell me something. I remember he told me the first time it caught me off guard. He said, someday, Aaron, when I am a senior pastor, you are going to be my youth pastor. The first time he said that, I was like, what? Uh, Up to that point in my life, I'd never considered the ministry. And then he would say that on a regular basis. He's like, someday, when I'm a pastor, you're going to be my youth pastor. And there was something about that that just opened up my soul to possibilities. And and I thought, well, I've never seen myself this way. No one in my family had been in the ministry. My great-grandfather had, but I never met him. So my father wasn't in vocational ministry. My grandfather, none of my relatives was. I'd never thought about ministry being a possibility. But by John saying that, it just opened up my mind to that. 13 years later, in the year 2000, uh, John started a church 
in Frisco, Texas. And guess who his first employee was and the first youth pastor was? It was me. And God used that thought just as a sixth grader, just that thought that came to my mind. And it was formation, not so much about me getting a job as his youth pastor, but as something that put me on a path uh, that is a huge reason why I'm here today. It's the call was from God, but the call from God, um, it birthed through the blessing of someone else. And I just want you to remember that God is so powerful that he chooses to use weak vessels like us. That when we encourage and when we bless and when we say positive things, it can change the course of someone's life. That this is an amazing, amazing power. It's one of the reasons why the enemy wants us to choose criticism. He wants us to choose negativity. He wants us to choose slander. He wants us to choose words that attack and divide because he knows that God uses the spoken blessing to change lives. Last week, we renounced cursing. We renounced the power of the curse. And this week, God is calling us to take up the power of blessing. And here's my first observation today. God positions people in our lives who can uniquely speak blessings over us. And I want you to see this and value this and embrace this not only for the words that are coming from others to you, but for the words that are coming through you to others. God wants to use you and God has used you in your past and maybe you haven't even seen that. There are a lot of ways we can, we can bless people. We bless people through giving of gifts and through seasonal, you know, with the Christmas season coming and with birthdays and, and just gifts of appreciation, that's a great way to bless people. We bless people with time, giving our disposable time to people. It's a blessing. You know, it's a blessing to share a meal with someone. It's a blessing to share a, co- a cup of coffee with someone. It's a blessing in this herd life to have a conversation. And we need more of that. And I'm looking for more margin in my life for more conversation because that's a gift I need to receive more. We, we bless people through consistency. We bless people through faithfulness. We, we bless people by just being dependable. These are all ways we bless people. But in addition to that, there's a spoken blessing that God has called us to give. When we speak forth the goodness of God, when we declare that which is positive and life-giving and which is in agreement with God's will, we are literally establishing and bringing forth the work of God in people. Think about this, youth staff members. Think about this, Awana workers. Think about this, 242 leaders. Think about this, greeters, when you're welcoming someone who may have been far from God and they're walking into this place. Think about this, whatever, whatever area that you're involved in, in commerce, in the place that you work, when you speak life and blessing into someone, you are literally establishing the work of God within them. And it's not because you're powerful, it's because he's powerful and he's chosen to use you. See, we can't create these things. We're vessels to be used by God. Unfortunately, we won't focus on this this morning, but the reverse is true. 
when we're assigned by God to uniquely speak and bless people around us, but we choose negativity and criticism and, and we choose uh, something that brings us temporary um, acclaim, like a cut down or making someone laugh. And, and we, we've been assigned by God to encourage and we curse instead. We can be an instrument of the enemy to prevent God's full blessing in people's life. So as we talk about these unique relationships God gives us, the first one that came to mind was, and you can fill this blank in if you're taking notes, is family relationships. When family is working best, there's no greater unit, there's no greater community, there's no greater grouping that God has chosen than the family for us to speak blessings into the life of children and children even to speak blessings into the life of parents, uncles, aunts, cousins, so forth. I love what Isaac told his son Jacob in the middle of this story. It's in Genesis 27, verse 3 through 5. It says, now then get your weapons or quiver and bow, your hunting gear, and go out into the field to hunt some game for us. Then make me the delicious food that I love and bring it to me to eat. Now here's, here's the part that I want you to see. I know we're just picking up the story midstream so that I can bless you before I die. I want you to see that. There is a power of a father, my mother's blessing that is on the child, so much so that Isaac said, I want to bless you before I die. The New King James Version says that I may give you my blessing before I die. I, I want to just remind parents Grandparents, we have a unique role to speak blessing into our children's lives. And, and I just say that, let it, that be our heart's desire. Let me ask you this question. If our lives were to end shorter than we anticipate, do our children know that we have blessed them? Do our children know that? You may say, well, yes, I provided them a home. I provided them an education. I provided them all of these things. And, and, and I'm so glad you did that. Thank you. But do they know you've blessed them? Have you spoken that over them? What is it about us that we don't want to speak a blessing over the people we love the most? It's, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. If we would run into a musician that we enjoyed their music or a sports star, we'd be like, oh, you're so awesome. Your music inspired me. Or your touchdown passes inspired me. You're awesome. You're great. We wouldn't have any problem doing that to some stranger who could care less about us. But to the people who need to hear it the most and the people that we love the most, there's a resistance to speak forth a verbal blessing. That changes right now. I'm serious. That changes right now. I don't care how awkward it feels and how uncomfortable it feels. It may completely change the culture of your family so it feels awkward, but you're the change agent. You're the one that's going to change the culture of that because the spoken blessing. We, we have and, and people in this room and people all around this globe who are searching and searching for this verbal blessing from their parents who don't even live anymore. That's the desire of our heart. And, and while you have breath and while you have the power to do it, bless your children verbally. Speak out their greatest qualities. Tell them, tell them how much they mean to you. Tell them how unique they are. 
do this as a biblical directive. This is not, a, this is not something that comes from culture or from the Department of Education or from the American Psychiatrist Association. This comes from the word of God. As Isaac said, I want to bless you before I die. God is wanting to redeem the family. God wants to take ownership of this earth and it starts one relationship at a time. Now, for those of you that there are dead ends in these family units and you, you, you may, it may not be healthy for you to have relationships with a parent. It may not be possible for you to have relationship with a parent because they're no longer living or they don't reciprocate this desire. Can, can I just speak to you? Don't get down right now. Don't say that somehow you're, you're empty, you're less, you're not, you're, you're not as full because what I was talking about is an ideal situation. How many know that God's grace isn't for ideal situations? God's grace is for the rest of life, which is most of life. So we all have, many of us have awkward relationships with our parents and so forth and, and all of that. And, and, and I'm going to tell you that there are spiritual relationships. Write this down. Spiritual relationships are the different types. Now, one thing I, I, I failed to mention, but I want to, my, my father, who's passed away, man, he was so good at this. And, one, and the, familiar, the family blessing, I mean, he, he, he used to speak such positive things to my life that it gave me the confidence to try new things, gave me the confidence to take risks, and so there's great value. But as I mentioned, um, John McKenzie, my junior high pastor, wasn't my family. And look at what an impact he had on my life and, and still does have on my life because God is not limited to our dysfunctional families. Can someone say amen to that? Yeah, that just, that just resonates from our soul, doesn't it? And so it is that in spiritual relationships, in spiritual relationships, God uniquely places people in your life to speak over you. And, and I, I just want to say this, and this, this is going to seem opportunistic, but I'm going to speak to you as if you don't go to church here um, because I'm not the only pastor here anyway. This is the reason why you need to put yourself under a good pastor. Because you give some valuable time every week uh, to sit under teaching, and you need to hear teaching that blesses you. You need to hear teaching, teaching that, that comes from a heart of love. And so if you're visiting here today, maybe you're from out of town, maybe that was for someone who needed to hear this. Um, the pulpit ministry is not, doesn't exist to use the people. It exists to bless the people. In the Old Testament, the priest... They would make the they were the judges in most of most of the Jewish history. The spiritual leaders were called to be judges, to make decisions, to help to, to help disputes be solved, to to speak into the life of difficult cases. And this this required this this meant that the priests had much power over people's lives, especially in a culture where individual liberties aren't celebrated like our American culture is. But we get special insight into the life of these spiritual leaders in Deuteronomy 20, 21, chapter 21, verse 5. Here's what the scripture says. The priest, this is Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 5, if we have that. The priest, the sons of Levi, will come forward. For the Lord your God has chosen them to serve him Look at this. And pronounce 
blessings in the name, in the Lord's name. There to give a ruling in every dispute and case of assault. The priests are chosen to speak blessings into the people's lives. Now, in those days and now today in contemporary New Testament Christianity, sometimes leaders have to make decisions. Sometimes decisions don't make everyone happy. Sometimes decisions are difficult because not everyone understands the full scope of the decision. Sometimes not everyone is able to understand the full scope to protect innocent. But here's the truth. According to that principle in the spirit of the New Testament, that leadership decisions are meant to bless the people. And that should be a criteria. It's meant to bless the people. It's meant to bring clarity where there's confusion. It's leadership decisions are meant to bring direction when there's, there's a sense of circular motion that things aren't getting solved. A, a leader, a spiritual leader helps a congregation get from one place to another place brings life and clarity. And the purpose of this is not to benefit the priest, to not benefit the preacher, to not use the people to benefit the organization. The priest, the preacher, the organization, the church exists to bless the people and to bless the world. That's why I've been a senior pastor 11 years, getting close to 12 years. And every Sunday with maybe a rare exception, I've closed with the number six benediction. This is what God told Aaron. It says, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them these words, the Lord bless you the Lord, and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. So they, the priests, will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Listen, it doesn't matter how poor the music may be and how incoherent the preaching may be and maybe the AC or the heat's off and it's been a bad Sunday. You're leaving with the blessing of the Lord. You're leaving with Jesus' name upon you. And that is, that's a great thing to have. Even when the first five years of my ministry, if you followed me, when I couldn't even memorize the number six blessing and I said it out of order and stumbled over it, Some of you guys remember that, huh? I think I have it down most of the time now. We'll see here in about 15 minutes. But even then, the spirit of it, that that your presence here has been a blessing. And now, now, through the name of Jesus, we bless you back and we leave here with Jesus and his mark upon our life because he's in our lives and hearts. Here's the second thing. We're going we're gonna to move over some things. God has spoken a blessing over us. This is an Old Testament. We know that God and Jesus are the same, but the Father functioned to reveal Jesus. And so many times we associate the Father with the Old Testament and Jesus with the New Testament, even though the Trinity means they're all working together. You understand this. I, I love what Abraham said when he found out that his aged wife was pregnant. Genesis chapter 7, verse 17, Abraham fell face down and he laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? 
And Abraham said to God, this, if only Ishmael were acceptable to you. If only Ishmael were accepted you. But God, God said, no, your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will name him Isaac. And I will confirm my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. We see the plan of God, the plan of God move through his son Isaac. But what I want you to see here is Abraham's heart for Ishmael. Other versions of the Bible say this, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. And I believe this heart as a father should be our heart. Not to say, if only my son can hit a baseball. If only my daughter can make Broadway. If only my child lands a good job. If only my child can be rich someday. That's the American dream. God's dream is this, the heart of a spiritual father. If only my son and daughter might live under your blessing Our children need the Father's blessing. On his deathbed, Jacob said this. He had a memory in Genesis chapter 48, verse 1 through 4. So sometimes later, after this, Joseph, excuse me, was told, your father is weaker. So he set out with his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And when Jacob was told, your son Joseph has come to you, Israel summoned his strength and sat up in his bed. Israel is also Jacob. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at lust in the land of Canaan, lose and blessed me. And he said to me, I will make you fruitful and numerous. I will make many nations come from you and I will give this land as an eternal possession. Let's look at that previous screen before. Here it is that on his deathbed, Jacob said, God appeared to me and lose in the land of Canaan and blessed me. And he remembered that on his dying day. I want my children, wherever they're going to be, hopefully decades from now, say, when I was in Hendersonville, when I lived in Nashville when I was a kid, when I was at the church at Indian Lake or wherever, the Lord blessed me. And I'm remembering it on my dying day. He blessed me through my father. He blessed me through my mother. He blessed me through my small group leader. He blessed me through my youth pastor and my, my youth staff. And he blessed me through the praying grandparents that went to that church. And the Father's blessing is on me, in me, and around me. He blessed me when I went into those baptismal waters. And I came up dead with Christ and resurrected with Christ's power. He blessed me. This is what the Lord would have for us. We'll close with this. Jesus, our Savior, has spoken a blessing over us. This is a New Testament picture. Luke chapter 24, verse 50 through 52. When he had led them out to the vicinity, as far as Bethany, lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he was left. He left them and was carried up into heaven. After worshiping, they, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he ascended 
by giving a blessing to the people. And the people were filled with great joy. Here's the last scripture we want to look at. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed is God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens. And so we thank you, Lord. How many know that we're under the blessing of Jesus, are we not? Let's stand together. Stand together. We thank you, Lord. We're going to have a time of ministry now. Father, we just love and praise you right now. Oh, there's so many things. We've been, we're under curses that you have broken off of us. And Lord, yet our minds still, sometimes we act like a cursed people. But Lord, we want to be a blessed people. If I can just give you something. The Lord stirred this on me. The Lord stirred this in me during worship. And I'm just going to ask you, if you're part of this church, would, would you throughout the week and throughout the coming days, would you speak a blessing over this church? Would you just speak a blessing over this church? Historically, our church has not really had these problems, but historically, the church has been filled with disgruntled, divisive people. And there is an anointing that comes when there's unity in the body. And I just felt like the Lord wanted me to, to say that we're entering a new season of blessing. You know, it, it, it's, it's uh, again, it's kind of opportunistic to speak this over a, a church that you pastor because there, there's obviously hopes this will occur within me, but, but I feel this is of the Lord. I feel like the Lord has prepared us years even now to enter into a season of blessing. And then Satan wants to disrupt that. The enemy wants to disrupt that. And I want you to know this, your demeanor towards this church and what you speak over this church, if God's called you here, will be a big part of our church being blessed. And I don't want anyone to leave. I'm going to say this. If you can't speak a blessing over this church, maybe you need to go to another church or maybe this isn't the place for you. And you know, you know that's hard for me to say that because I don't want to lose anybody. But what I want to do is I want us to see. If there's, a, if there's an issue that needs to be addressed, don't hear me wrong. Let's talk about it. If there's an issue that needs to be addressed, let, let's, let's get it on the table. Let, let's, let, let, let's correct things. But if you can't speak a blessing over this church, maybe this isn't the church for you. Because the Lord, is, the Lord is, is aligning his people with each other and with his heart, his will. Because, listen, there's too much on the line in our city, in the surrounding cities, in the people who are far from God. There's too much on the line for us just to play regular church. We, we need an alignment of, of hearts around the purposes of God. And we need to be people who can speak blessings over this place. Because when the blessing of the Lord hits this place in new measures, it, we will see things none of us have seen before. It won't be a replication of something we've seen before. It'll be fresh. It'll be new. It'll be of the Lord. And we'll just laugh together and say, look what God has done. Look what God has done. It's stronger than the senior pastor. It's stronger than a worship team. It's stronger than a marketing strategy. It is the Lord has done it. The Lord has done it. And he has done great things among us. And he's done great things within us. And this is what the Lord would have from us. This is what the Lord would have from us. So we thank you and we praise you for that, Lord. We thank you and we praise you for that. Are our water baptism candidates ready today? I know they're probably waiting on me, but, but I preach longer than I did. Well, I guess that's not. I heard like a, the door open and someone sprint. That's not a good sign. And, and I know we're all working together on this, but...
um, we have good problems is because things are getting fuller, we, we have to manage our time to get ready for the next service. So, so we're, we're all right. Father, we just invite you. We invite your presence in here right now. Let's just invite the presence of the Lord here right now. Father, we just invite your presence here right now. He's speaking to us right now. This is this is a, a, a this is a life-altering message for someone, some people in here. And here's the deal: you don't need me to lay hands on you, though that's a biblical and a good thing. You don't need me to call you out. You don't need me to call your name. You need to simply apply the scripture. <laughs> How about that? Um, you just need to start applying the scripture. And, 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 and when you begin to speak blessings over people, if the people closest to you smirk, it's not because you're doing the wrong thing. It's just they're not used to hearing you bless. But you know what? They may be smirking on the outside, but they're coming alive on the inside. And, and, and bitterness is breaking and hard hearts are breaking and life is coming forth in the spirit. You see, it's not the power of your words. It's the power of God behind your words. It's not the power form within you. It's the impartation of the Holy Spirit within you. And he's going to begin to speak, speak life to you. And I'm just going to speak over you that this holiday weekend is going to be a restorative weekend for many of you. The Lord's going to restore relationships, relationships that have been broken. They just thought, hey, this will never be the same. There's going to be restorative work, restorative work that the Lord would have and the Lord's going to have for you. I'm going to invite our kids to come down to the front here. And as they're coming down and, and come on, the kids get to be part of this church and the sacrament. Isn't it a great to, to just think about the destiny that's walking in that door right now? Isn't it great to think that, that the, there's destiny in the hearts of our kids and he's going to use us to call that forth, to bless them, to speak life into them, to, to cause great things to happen?